It's games, huh? Spilling tea and talking sports. You're listening to the Game Day Tea Podcast mm-hmm. with your host, my name, D. Hello, hello, everybody. This is the Game Day Tea. My name is D. Gill, and I am so, so happy to be joining the Outsports family. When I was approached by Don to do this for Outsports, do this podcast for Outsports, I was flabbergasted because this is something that I have been wanting to do for a very, very long time. A little bit about myself. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm currently living in the Bay Area. I moved here since in 2016, and I haven't looked back since. I love sports, obviously, and but I, I want to also be heard as an African-American talking about sports and LGBT activism for our community, for anybody that's listening to this, for allies LGBT members, hey, this podcast, I hope you find it very informational, funny, and kind of a safe place for your ears to know that, hey, there's somebody out there that's talking about sports that give me a little laugh along the way, and also I can relate to them and and, uh, show show a sense of prideness. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, first of all, let, let me tell you where you can... Follow me and interact with me at the Game Day T on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Okay, at the Game Day T. I have a wonderful episode for you all today for our listeners. It is with Henry Bethel. He was interviewed earlier this year in April about an incident that happened on the pitch with the soccer player calling him a derogatory gay t- term and slur. And now it has happened again with a current U.S. soccer player. And I don't want to give it away too much. But I'm going to play this episode for you all. I hope you all enjoy it. All right. Here we go. Hello and welcome to this newest episode of the Game Day Tea. I have a special, special guest for you. His name is Henry Bethel. And Henry, I wish I was coming to you to say, just to get to know you right now, just for the heck of it, just to say, hey, you know, my boy Theo, he recommended that you be a good friend and, you know, we should chat it up and everything like that. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And before I get into that case, I, I just want to have everybody know who you are. So Henry, go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, my name is Henry Bethel, or, and yeah, Henry Bethel, and um, I'm NCAA D3 soccer player at Sarah Lawrence College. And I'm here because I'm an out soccer player, an out collegiate soccer player. And unfortunately, have become all too familiar with acts of homophobia and slurs on the field. So I guess that's, that's those are those, you know, unfortunate circumstances that you're referring to. Exactly. So Sarah Lawrence College. Now, that's in New York, for those of you who don't know. I was doing a little research, and it's supposed to be a queer-friendly type of college. Uh, how yeah, is that so? Yeah, that's one of the reasons I chose the college. You know, it's situated in New York, just 20, 30 minutes north of New York City by train. And we all know New York City is is known for having a large uh, gay community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the site of the Stonewall riots. Um, there's a lot of queer history in, involved. And also, Sarah Lawrence is a 
small liberal arts school. It has a very inclusive campus uh, culture, um, which is, you know, one of the reasons I chose it in the first place. Awesome. So you obviously play soccer there. And I want to tell the story. October 19, 2019, right? Previously to that, you've heard a teammate get called a gay slur, right? Then on October 19th, you get called a gay slur. And what happened next was when I was reading that, I was like, damn, boy, like you like stand up for yourself. What happened that night? Tell everybody what happened that night. Or so that was the, actually the third time Ooh. I had heard a gay slur on the field in my in my collegiate season. Mm-hmm. And this is my I'm a, I'm a rising or I'm a sophomore now. Okay. feels like I'm a rising sophomore because of this whole coronavirus thing. But no, and right. not being able to to play my uh we're not playing our, our season right now. But the first time was a game against the Merchant Marine Academy. And uh, my teammate had a, like one fingernail paint black or something like that. And uh, I had hurt myself in the beginning of the game was sitting on the bench when he, he they used the, the F slip towards him. And you know, I had been open. It was I was very intent on being open to my teammates and my coach about my sexuality right when I got to college. Um, I felt like that was important for me to, you know, make a the next step in accepting myself after high school because I had been playing in the closet um, a whole bunch of sports in the closet all throughout high school. And I just felt like that needed to change. My coach was not having <laughs> He ended up actually getting ejected from that game for fighting with the uh, official and the other team's game day administrator who, um, you know, refused to take action on, on, on the slur that was used on the field. And so flash forward a, a couple weeks later and I get called the slur right to my face. Um, mm. And see, that was the second time. The third time is when the actual fight happened, okay. um, which was got uh, all the he attention from out sports. <laughs> yeah, was I was fed up. up. <laughs> no, it, it was halftime. The, the coach, the player admitted to using the slur and the coach refused to take him on. Um, and I, I was, I was just bawling my eyes out. Um, just like the trauma attached to that word was, was really severe for me. And I had to walk away from my teammates during the halftime talk. I, I was not even able to listen to any tactics to be in the game. I just had to go and cry in the corner of the field for a second and come back and play the second. Half. Goodness, Cause I was playing 90 minutes. So I, I just had to, get back in the game but the third time I had enough of it and I just got a rush in me and you know the rest is history <laughs> I hit him my my teammates rushed in and and just chaos ensued um and I ended up getting ejected from that well so now it's curious you said that they didn't eject the other player that hit you they didn't well no I, the other player did not get a lick in Wow. And he was not ejected for using the slur. So if the ref had heard it, is there any rule in place in soccer D3 where they're supposed to eject people from type of the slurs and, and derogatory terms and all that? They're supposed to, yes. But the problem, we have refs who want to act ignorant to this whole issue of homophobia mm-hmm. and racism, in my opinion. Like, I think the two, Ooh. when we talk about um making sport a more inclusive environment i i don't want to like siphon off homophobia or like siphon off racism um any other type of discrimination because 
I think they all go hand in hand with just like creating more inclusive communities. Have you um, heard racial but, slurs on the pitch? Um, <laughs> I've heard some in high school, but uh, not in college. Okay. Um, but I know our basketball team actually has some issues with um, racial slurs um, mm-hmm. a few years back before my time at Sarah Lawrence. But so there's not an extra. Um, you're supposed to get a red card, and with the red card comes a one-game suspension, uh, but nothing further. For um, my conference has a, an additional of and they add a game suspension. I had a lot of talks with the commissioner and our athletic director about adding a something into our bylaws to you know have some similar like that for the use of slurs but unfortunately we haven't made a lot of progress on that Hmm. um and the ncaa i think doesn't take it as seriously as they should i'm going to get into that uh next but i i want to say when i was reading your story it kind of brought me back to when i was in high school 2007 mm-hmm. gosh um <laughs> but um telling my age there but mm-hmm. i i was in band right and i had a girlfriend but you know i was i was i get by gay i was really didn't know what i was and i was secretly talking to this guy via email on yahoo messenger i don't even think that was around me <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling my age but i mean it was was it wrong for me to talk to a girl and a guy at the same time yes however you know, I had a friend who I thought was one of my good friends made the account for me because I didn't really know how to use the internet, once again, telling my age. <laughs> and, but he printed out all of these messages with just a conversation with the guy I was talking to, and he posted it on lockers in high school. So this is like something out of a mm-hmm. movie scene. I'm coming into school. Yeah, I'm coming and walking to the hallways of school. Everybody's looking at me pointing, ha, 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 ha. And I'm hearing gay slurs and everything like that. I'm like, what is going on? Next thing you know, my girlfriend at the time comes down the hallway, snatches me up. She said, you gay? And I'm like, what is going on? And just people kept using the gay slurs, doing that little blowjob, little thing that people do with their mouth. And I mm-hmm. I felt anger, you know? I felt that, uh, I was like, enough is enough. You know, it's already hard for people of the LGBT community to accept who they are at a younger age for some people, but to have other people use derogatory terms and gestures towards that, I I, I understand why you did that. Mm -hmm. And the way we can combat that is more education and inclusion and conferences. And like you said, the NCAA. Exactly. Um, And the whole thing about using all those slurs is, it's just imagine what a kid hearing that kind of language is going to go through because that language isn't only used by like, where do you think people learn it? They it's spoken at in homes. It's spoken in throughout our communities, um, in the school, on the sports field, you know, I think are really powerful and also really important because they're microcosms. And when I say that, I, so I feel like I come from a unique position, right? Because okay. I'm gay. I'm a gay athlete. Really? <laughs> and um, I also do a little bit of writing, um, like academic writing on, you know, sociology and sports okay. and basically like the political power that sports has. Mm-hmm. And out sports, hello. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but basically what I'm saying is like sports are a reflection of our society's values. 
or and a sports team can be a reflection of, of, of a community's values. And I think it's really important that sports not only be tolerant spaces, but spaces that take the lead on inclusion and take the lead on, on acceptance because a whole lot of kids um, play sports. It's like a very good way at um, reaching people where they're at and utterly and totally failing at that right now. All right, it's time for a little tea break. Drink some of that tea. I love my turmeric tea, by the way. I love it. I love it. I love it. But we'll be right back. All right. You're listening to the Game Day Tea. Welcome back to the Game Day Tea. My guest today is Henry Bethel, and we're talking about soccer and LGBT activism. October 1st, there's an Outsports article. I'm, you know, getting ready in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. I read Outsports every single day, and I see that the San Diego Loyals, they walk off the pitch because one of their teammates, one of their players is called a gay slur. And mm-hmm. I found out that player is Colin Martin. He's, he came out in 2018. Um, he played for Minnesota and now he plays for San Diego. And, and I said, not again. You know, not again. Here we go. What did you think when you first heard about this? Well, also, Colin Martin, when he came out, was the only openly gay athlete uh, across a top five league when mm-hmm. he played in MLS for Minnesota United. Um, that's one across, you know, mm-hmm. soc- we're talking soccer, we're talking football, we're talking baseball, hockey, everything. baseball, and basketball. Out of all those sports, just one it, it, for a male sport. It's, it's just ridiculous. If we look at the metrics of, um, the amount of gay people in the population versus right. like statistically speaking, it's like there have to be closeted athletes. Exactly. There. And bringing it back to this situation, I'm, I'm glad that we finally saw an example of someone prominent in the soccer world in mm-hmm. Landon Donovan actually standing up and saying, no, we're not going to accept this and tolerate this and yeah. brush this under because I don't I can't think of really that many examples of that for so Landon Donovan all five foot eight inches of him I saw the video <laughs> uh, on Twitter like he was getting into that ref's ass he was like hey th- did you hear he was called a bati boy and this is a Jamaican term for like a gay person but it's derogatory and he was like did you hear what's going on and the ref's like no I didn't hear it I can't give him a red card Rick Sanch he was like hey they're just playing soccer he didn't mean to do it they're just mm-hmm. playing soccer. Now, last time I How played soccer. How long have you played soccer? <laughs> exactly. And the last time I played soccer, I was about four or five. But I don't remember any of them saying any rules that it was okay for any type of derogatory term, you know? So mm-hmm. I played, you can look up my minutes online. I played a lot of minutes of soccer without <laughs> using any slurs. Hello? That's for certain. <laughs> exactly. Because yes, you're sir. basically saying that, oh, it's okay. They do it all the time. Well, Mr. Rick. <laughs> it needs to stop it needs to i'm in a way i'm glad this is getting light because like you said this needs to be shown on a national level because there are so many mm-hmm. people out there including yourself that have went through this so now can we finally get the change that we seek as in, members of the lgbt community what do you think can we finally get changed the ncaa is already failing right so what can mls do Well, 
you know, American soccer, we really need to make sure that our fan culture and our player culture, um, just the whole communities around soccer clubs in general, doesn't fall into some of the more problematic patterns that we've seen um, displayed, especially across Europe, where soccer can be a symbol of nationalism, a symbol of fascism, um, a symbol of anti-Semitism, homophobia, racism. You don't have to look that far in the past. You can look at a lot of clubs who just have very toxic cultures, homophobic chants, and it's permeated in, 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 in all facets of the game. What MLS can do is start taking it seriously. Yeah. We, we can look for the USL. So the USL and, and the MLS are under um, two different governing governing bodies, okay. I think. But um, the USL has to, we have to, first of all, suspend the player and suspend the coach. I, I honestly will look at the coach as more guilty because, you know, I, I'm going to give the player actually a teeny bit of, not credit, but coming from not a very gay-friendly, um, I'm assuming the player was was Jamaican because the slur is is from the, the Patois. You know, Junior it's a, Fleming, by the way, is his name, who uses Junior Fleming, yes come from a very homophobic community, but they, it has to be taught that that is not okay um, to use those words. And to me, it stems down to a, a larger issue of, you know, what it means to be the ideal soccer player or the ideal athlete in general. Um, and that's to be this macho person, um, this person without feelings, this person who only lives to compete. That's just not, that's just not a, um, true or acceptable. Mm-hmm. Because it's that ideal that creates this disdain for femininity in in the sports world, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons I think we get all this homophobia is because gay men in society are seen as effeminate. Mm-hmm. And if we go further, we can see a lot more examples. And if we look at just U.S. soccer in general, mm-hmm. we have Colin Martin, Tobin Heath, Megan Rapino. French, you go down this long list of U.S. women's internationals. Exactly. And NWSL players who identify as members of the LGBTQ community. And the reason I think been seen in a lot of field work is that women have the barrier of being woman first to get to soccer and then being lesbian or, or being gay or queer is, is is less of a hindrance because that's normally associated with masculinity so i think there needs to be a whole reckoning of culture within the sports community that femininity is okay in in soccer and we have to deconstruct these twisted and and toxic constructions of what masculinity means in in our sporting community i think that's going to take a lot of education from the mls and it's something they have to make a a priority which i hope they will It's going to take time, too, but we got to start somewhere. Like I tell people Mm -hmm. all the time when it comes to race, you know, I'm African-American and I tell people that they're like, why does racism still exist? Like it's 2020. Like shouldn't people know better? And I tell them my own grandmother, who's still alive, knows firsthand what it's like to be on a segregated bus, can't drink from the same water fountain as a white Mm -hmm. person. So that's not that far off. And she's still living and I'm I can talk to her and I can get it firsthand. I don't have to read it in a book from her memoir or old diary. It's firsthand. Mm-hmm. So with the the gay slurs and everything like that, 
it's Stonewall wasn't that long ago either. We have we, we're fighting for equality and to be treated fairly and not to look down upon, but it's still new. I like this platform that we're using right now to say, hey, something's got to happen because there has to be there are other people out there that deserve to be treated well and equal and no religious group, uh returns sorority, and any anybody deserves to be up on a pedestal more than anybody else. So let me ask you this kind of cool question. Mm-hmm. You and Colin Martin are together and you're having a conversation. What would you tell him? I would I would tell him to to keep fighting and be as vocal as possible because there are gonna be kids, you know, like me. Like I wasn't I was still in the closet when Colin Martin came out. And I think that it even made world of, of difference because I remember as a kid looking online, like GA, typing in on my computer, GAY, um, <laughs> soccer exactly. player, and not a lot coming up. And that's like, it's, it's, and if something did come up, it was the wrong time for something to come up. Exactly. <laughs> it was, was nothing productive. I was looking at that and, and it was somewhat hopeless, you know, like I got involved in track and field a little bit later in my high school career. Um, and I thought I was going to pursue that in college and seeing Sean Barber, an out gay athlete, win a gold medal was just Huge. insane to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me feel like I belonged. So I would tell him definitely to stay out and keep pushing the leagues, the teams you're in to, to be better about this, because we do, like you said, have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's, I'd also probably say thank you because I know how hard it is to come out and, and be the only one, like that takes some balls to yeah. just, I'm going to be the only gay professional athlete <laughs> in a top five league mm-hmm. coming out, doing something that could potentially affect my playtime could be seen as a distraction, could land me discrimination on the field. Yeah. Well, that's what I would say to him, because honestly, it starts with one, but we need more people to start coming out in the sports world. Because Do you personally know soccer players, other soccer players in college that are out? I know one through one or two throughout sports. Okay. After the article, but mm. other than that, no. Yeah. See, this is why this is so important. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's insane because it's like studies show that your perceptions of gay people change when there's a gay person close to you. Mm. Um, but it's spit those facts. And if there, we don't, there aren't any people gay close in the sports world. Yeah. How are we ever going to change it? But I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. I think soccer actually has a crazy history of being a people's game. Mm-hmm. And there have been instances like SC St. Pauli and in Germany and other places that have done really well on homophobia or just like inclusion in general and i think that we have the ability to take a leading the sports world has the ability to take a leading world similar to i think how the art world is currently doing i think we could step up and and yeah. show that this is an inclusive space because mm-hmm. the creation of the masculine athlete who is all perfect and white and Christian and just this ideal American boy as quick as it was constructed by the sports world mm-hmm. the sports world offers a platform to deconstruct it yes. and like through competition you know every game I play every tackle I win I feel like that's just 
chuckling a piece off those perceptions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Godspeed to, to Colin Martin. I hope he continues to do well for the loyal because it's so important, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want everybody to Google this. If you're listening to this, Google this song right here. You'll never walk alone. And just listen to those lyrics. It is, and we'll specifically type in Liverpool, mm-hmm. you'll never walk alone. And watch it on YouTube. Watch a video of the whole stadium just singing this song. And you never walk <laughs> alone. I feel like LGBT people in soccer, I want them to feel like they're apart, like they're not alone. And so that, that that's, by the way, Liverpool is my favorite team. And that song brings me to tears when I hear it because I just feel like it's just so inclusion and everybody in that stadium Mm -hmm. is just singing and so proud of their team. I want want people in the LGBT community that play sports, not just soccer, to feel that type of inclusion as this uh, stadium and the people in that stadium do when they sing that song. And MLS has a great opportunity to step in too because – the leading the only other league in the United States that's more socially aware is probably the WNBA. Yeah. But we've seen oh them take gosh, a grand yes. stand on Black Lives Matter issues. So mm-hmm. hopefully that can keep expanding and gay soccer players can can look at you know these professional teams in the United States and be proud to be a member of this community. Exactly. Well, Henry, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I don't want to keep you up because I know you got some classes. By the way, you got any eight o'clock classes? No. Ooh. I'm on night. Night classes because they help make sure kids in uh, China and, and India uh, are <laughs> studying with us at a at a reasonable time. Wow, that is amazing! <laughs> Shout out to to Sarah Lawrence for doing the yeah. thing. <laughs> but um, this has been a pleasure. I learned so much. Thank you for telling what happened to you and how we can make improvements in this inclusion in the soccer and sports world. Um, please, please, please continue to write. Put put your voice out there because you sir well-spoken i can tell you got some big things going for you okay of Uh, course thank you for having me but no problem it would be a it would be a missed opportunity if i didn't mention that liverpool did lose seven to two today so (sighs) but you know what who who won a champions league earlier though this year that that is true i'm a crystal palace fan so i cannot talk there we go okay thank (laughs) you for having me (laughs) Anyways, hey, Henry, before we go, tell everybody where they can um, interact with you if they have any questions about what we talked about in uh, your story as well. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Henry Gannett, at H-E-N-R-Y-G-A-N-N-E-T-T. Yep, those are my socials. All right. Well, everybody, that that concludes this episode of The Game Day T. Always remember to be true, be you, and be fierce.